Hello and welcome to the latest of the episode of the Racing Pod Blast with me, Tony Mack, and Ben Aiken from Narrowing the Field. And this week we're dotting around three different tracks this weekend, uh, covering three handicaps from three different tracks, one each from Ripon, Newmarket and Haydock, one of which being the 35-runner Cambridgeshire. Of course, we don't uh, shirk these responsibilities. Uh, the 35-runner Cambridgeshire handicap from Newmarket, and of course we end our travelling in Scotland when we deliver the next instalment of our football Trixie Battle top middle and uh, bottom as popular as uh, as ever getting more and more popular I think as well uh, but it's racing first heading to Ripon for coverage of the Cathedral City Handicap due off at 3.30 on Saturday. Uh, welcome along Ben and can you start us off with that one? Well Tony, yep, the uh, Cathedral City Handicap from Ripon a straight six furlong sprint here, uh, looks to be potential for pace to be coming from right across the track in this I make it probably six or seven of the 13 runners that will be wanting to be bang up there on the pace in the early stages. So they won't be hanging about in this one. Could possibly play to the hands of one ridden with a little bit more restraint. For a shortlist, I have the following trio. 12th Knight, Quintus Arias and Dakota Gold. A 12th Knight comes here off the back of a course and distance win 32 days ago. It's an effort that was actually a clear best from him. Indeed, all of his best efforts have come at Ripon. He has form of two wins, a second and two thirds from his six starts at the track. Only time he disappointed at Ripon was in this year's Great St. Wilfred, but that was an 18 on our field. He's never really done well on any of his three starts in fields of 16 plus, so easy enough to excuse that effort. I also have a, a Paul Midgley, last time out winner angle, plugged into one of my databases. That angle being... Paul Midgley horses in fields of 13 or less that won over the same straight track last time out. Now, those types are 11 wins and 12 places from 43 runners. So 26% win strike rate, 53% win and play strike rate. At 36 points profit to level stakes on the exchanges. 12th night fits that angle here. He's also likely to sit midfield or just off the pace in this, so could be one of those that takes advantage of the, the likely fast early pace in the contest uh, 12th night. Quintus Arias, he's been running well this season since he entered Handicap Company. Apart from his run at York in June, um, he didn't run too well there, but I think that was probably good to firm ground against on that day. He's been off since August, and he has since moved to Peter Niven, and he's also been gelded. Now, overall stats for Memis Offspring, which he is, on their first run since being gelded, they're not great. They're only four from 61, but all four of those winners can be found within the following. Irish bred two- and three-year-olds in UK six furlong turf races. When you look at Memis Offspring on their first run since being gelded, under those conditions, you get stats of four winners, two placed horses from 14 qualifiers, over 23 points profit. Quintus Arias, he does fit those stats on Saturday, so he's of potential interest. Now he's had uh, the undercarriage removed, poor boy. 
Dakota Gold, he's the third one on my shortlist. He's now in the veteran stage, age nine. He's run a couple of okay races this season, and he's uh, back down below a mark of 100 for the first time since last May. The last three times he's run off marks below 100, he has won. And his ripping format also reads quite well. He's got a win in two seconds from four starts, so he does handle ripping well. And if he can avoid the early pace battle, I think Dakota Gold could get involved. Of the three, um, I'd be most interested in 12th night. I think Paul Midgley should be able to get more out of him. He's around 13-2 to two just now, which is, I think, a pretty decent price for 12th night. Tony, what do you think? Uh, yeah, good stuff. Uh, um, I've, I've got two of those, actually. I totally agree with you. If we do a, a wob, wob, wob uh, from last mm-hmm. week where we agreed on on that and uh, give that as 10 to 1 last week. Yeah, a couple of key races to note for listeners. Uh, the the uh, Portland Handicap, which uh, features uh, Dakota Gold, is the only representative there. There's one from the Silver Cup as well, Danzan. Uh, also, the uh, Olivia Acton 21st Birthday Handicap. It's uh, That was what it was called this year. Anyway, it's a handicap at Chester where Dare to Hope and uh, Hyper Focus are the qualifiers. Uh, the Gold Cup itself has a, a decent record, not not great, but a decent record for horses coming into this race. Mr. Wagyu is the representative there, and the Great St. Wilfred as well. 12th night uh, ran in that, which uh, Ben has given a, a, a big uh, up there for. And uh, so I'm coming down to, uh, well, I've got uh, 12th night, um, winner over Carson Tyson last month. Uh, beaten uh, Origin Trail off a £4 uh, lower mark uh, actually two from six over course and distance hitting the frame on a on a further occasion uh, I'll leave Ben to uh, to be- be- bask in the glory if that wins also Hyper Focus is on the shortlist as well I wouldn't put uh, listeners off uh, having a look at that second look at that as post time uh, gets nearer uh, we'll race from a higher part of the draw with the likes of Indian Creek and possibly Glorious Angel uh, winner over course and distance three from 13 in September. He's a bit of an autumn horse, his hyper-focus, uh, hitting the frame on another four occasions. So conditions to suit. But the two for me, uh, Dan Zan, um, third of 16 in 2021 over course and distance, uh, beaten one and three quarter length, still three pound higher than that last mark, uh, Dan Zan, but uh, our last winning mark rather. Drawn one will race prominently in the early stages, which is a must in this race over the last couple of renewals. And uh, Dakota, Dakota Gold as well. I'm, I'm going in here, rowing in here with Ben, 17 to 2, goes well here, not beaten far over course and distance in the 2020 St. Wilfred, a year after winning the big race off a two pound higher mark. Uh, actually, three pound lower. Than his last winning mark now, Dakota Gold, as, uh, as Ben said. Winner of 15 of his 59 contests. Connor Beasley has been on board for 14 of those victories. So Dakota Gold for me and uh, Danzan each way. Uh, there you go. In the uh, 3.30 at uh, Ripon tomorrow. The 3.40, just 10 minutes later, uh, new market. The Cambridgeshire, 35 runners going to post. Help, Ben, help. Uh, 35 runners, uh, nice and easy for us to get stuck into, uh, as we like to say, jeezy, beeps man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not, not an easy race to get stuck into, but um, I do have a set of race trends for this race, I'm not going to go over them here, I'll stick them up on the free NTF blog at some point on Friday, also with a link to the pod for people, um, it is generally a good race, the Cambridgeshire for race trends analysis, although given the big field, 
think even a short list can ultimately still be a bit of a, a long list. Uh, this year, as things stand, I'm looking at a short list of Liberty Lane, Killbegs Warrior, Stormcatcher, Terwada, Thunderball, Crackshot, and Haunted Dream. So, long-ish shortlist. Uh, Liberty Lane, that was one I noted running away from a poor draw on the New Market July course in July. Uh, he then won a close finish with Sonny Liston next time out at Doncaster a couple of weeks ago. Carries a £4 penalty here, so technically £1 well in on his official rating, Liberty Lane. He'll need to prove he can handle the quicker ground he faces here, but he does still look a, a horse on the up, Liberty Lane. Killy Beggs Warrior, He's recorded all three of his wins on the Newmarket July course, but he did run well over this course and distance on the Rolling Mile course in the Fielding Stakes back in April. So potentially he's a bit of a, an all-round Newmarket specialist. Now, if you look at Killy Beggs Warrior at Class 2 level or less in the June to September period, over seven furlongs to one mile two, and on good to soft or quicker, he's three wins, a third and a fourth of 22 from five starts. So he's got his conditions here, Killebegs Warrior, and he could go well at big prices. Terwada, last seen when running seventh in the Clipper Handicap at the Ebor meeting. Now that run is probably worth an update, I think, because he didn't have a great draw that day. He was only beaten just over three and a half lengths at the line. He's still seriously unexposed after only five starts. And the stats for when Tom Marquand and Ed Walker team up with three-year-old Colts and Geldens, they look strong. They've got 23 winners from 81 and 14 others placed. So 28% win strike rate and almost 100 points profit. I also noted offspring of Terwada's sire, Tammy Hughes. They've got some decent stats on the rolling mile course in May to October. Uh, over one mile, two or shorter and a good to soft or quicker, but a 22% win strike rate and over 70 points profit. So there is plenty on the stat side of things to, to like about Terwada and, the, as I say, he's an unexposed type. And Haunted Dream, I think he'd be another one to cover from that shortlist of mine. Uh, he's been running really consistently in big field, valuable handicaps this summer. He's also placed on his two previous starts on the new market rolling mile course. And if you look at him, in July to October, over trips further than a mile, you see he has two wins and eight places from his 10 starts. Now, he's never finished worse than third. So he's another, I think, could go well at decent prices. Um, it is a tough old race, though. And it's the one I do like to throw a few darts at. Two of those darts, I think, that are going to be Terwada at around 16s and Haunted Dream at around 20 to 1. I think they appeal most to me right now, Terwada and Haunted Dream. Tony, where are you going for the, the Cambridgeshire? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. um, I've, I've got it down to four here. Ovi Edo. I was practising that about 15 times. I got it right every time and I've just, now we've gone live, just done it wrong. Uh, Oviedo and uh, Liberty Lane definitely uh, are on the, on the radar. But I'm going to have a, a, a bit of fun. Obviously, it's not a race to be throwing a lot of money at, but uh, uh, Blue Light Bay for trainer Eve Johnson-Horton. Uh, now, Blue Light Bay is uh, a lot of three-year-old, still improving, and... Uh, uh, he's uh, by Exceed and Excel, 
and I think he can go well. He's, he's five pound higher than uh, last winning mark, so a kind of uh, improver as such. Uh, last seen uh, in Ascot, finishing fourth or seven be, behind Uzo, beating uh, two and three quarter lengths. Uh, but before that was a bit of an eye catching run at uh, Sandown when he was second of eleven in uh, August last month. He's fifty to one, and some firms are paying uh, seven. Paddy Powers paying seven. The rest are six. Obviously, Skybet going eight, but uh, they knock uh, seventeen points off in uh, in just putting one extra place in. So uh, yeah, fifty to one for Blue Light Bay with uh, some firms paying six places. Uh, you can have a shop around there, and also uh, Huey Morrison uh, in these big handicaps. He's hardly worth. Uh, avoiding so uh, Huey Morrison with Kieran Schumacher in the saddle has Stay Well who is uh, if you just let me uh, have a check he's £7 higher than uh, last winning mark so it's another one he's five year old he's uh, he's still improving as well as a five year old although hasn't won for uh, quite some time but uh, shaped well uh, last time out third of 14 beaten th- four and three quarter lengths by Jewel Identity who also runs here uh, earlier this month in the Virgin Bet Handicap at Sandown so a couple of 50 to 1 shots for you there a couple of quid each way or even a pound each way uh, will give you a lot of fun and hopefully a run for your money there stay well at 50 to 1 Blue Light Bay also at 50 to 1 and uh, the two others on the shortlist Oviedo and uh, Liberty Lane in the Cambridgeshire 35 runners going to post there alright it is it is the one you've been waiting for here we go it is uh, oh sorry no it's not it's the 425 <laughs> the shock shuffle uh, uh, handicap see it's done me in the Cambridgeshire. Ben, do the 425. Scrambles your brain, man. But, but uh, yeah, 425, Adolf. The Sock Shuffle Handicap. Best named race of the year, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Short, a short list of three for me in this one. Uh, Enfajar, Royal Dubai and Racing Breaks Rider. Enfajar, he failed to land a blow when last seen in the Jersey Stakes at Royal Ascot. He's relatively well fancy that day, but I don't know, either the drop back to seven furlongs or the quick ground, maybe both, didn't suit him that day. Um, and he should be better suited to the slower ground and going back up to the mile trip. Now, this is also his handicap debut and Roger Varian. He's got some solid stats since the start of 2018 with his three-year-olds that make their handicap debut in September in races that are open to horses aged three or older especially horses coming off breaks of more than 30 days. With those types, he has nine wins and three places from 18 qualifiers, 50% win strike rate, 67% win and play strike rate, and over 36 points profit if you backed them all. Enfajar fits those stats here, and I think he's capable of defying his current mark of 98 Enfajar. Royal Dubai, he's shown some Decent form this season for Marco Botti. It's close second at Chester. Three starts back, looks particularly strong. The form of that race has worked out well. He's tried him over one mile two last time out of Yarmouth. He made some smooth headway around the three furlong pole, three furlongs from home. Uh, It looked like he'd be a major player in the finish, but his stamina just gave way inside the final furlong. I think it makes perfect sense for them to to drop back in trip to a mile for this uh, this contest here. Now, he did move like a horse die thought still had more to give from his mark in that Yarmouth race. He should be bang there at the business end in this one, Royal Dubai. I do like his chances. And uh, Racing Breaks Rider, he's the other on my shortlist. Now, he started this season in excellent form. He won his first three starts. He's disappointed quite badly in his last three starts. All of them being big field viable handicaps. And I do just wonder if he's simply not a fan of massive fields. 
There's four races in fields of 17 or more. Our racing Brakes rider has finished 11th, 26th, 18th and 15th. In fields of 10 or less, he's four wins and two places from six starts. It's a 13-runner race here at Haydock. So somewhere in between the large fields, he seems to hate in the 10 or less runner fields clearly loves. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how he goes in this. I certainly expect plenty more from him than on his last three starts, especially as he's a course and distance winner and he also handles soft ground without any problem. But Enfajar would be my main interest in this. 401, I think it's a decent price. Um, I, also, I do like the other two on my shortlist. I'd probably play at least one of them. Probably at Royal Dubai at 15-2. to two. So Enfajar and Royal Dubai for me, Tony, what have you got? I've got Arkendale on my short list. Uh, Ed Bethel, it's his second run for Ed Bethel after joining from Ed Walker. And uh, first time cheap piece as well. Looks quite interesting. He's having a good season, is Ed Bethel as well. Uh, so that may be worth considering. Uh, Sparks Fly also worth considering, uh, even though um, he's uh, going up and up in, or she's going up and up in the weights. Uh, the, uh, the the filly who is in scintillating form this season uh, obviously lost away a little bit in a listed contest at York last time out when last seen in July, uh, but back in handicap company here. And I'm going to stick with you, uh, uh, Ben, like we did with, uh, it's always a good sign when we both come up with the same uh, horses. Uh, I've got uh, the Colt, uh, two Colts here, Enfjar Enf, Enf for trainer Roger Varian, as you've already um, said quite a bit about. Um, no need to me to uh, repeat what you've said. And uh, also Royal, Royal Dubai, so I could have a little bit of a um, possibly a Dutch on that or an each way on Royal Dubai. So Enfjar Enf and uh, Royal Dubai in the 425 uh, and uh, Ben's already described the chances of uh, of those two boys for Marco Botti and uh, trainer Roger Varian. So, as we said, uh, I was too eager to get on to the uh, top, middle and bottom. Uh, the bit of the pod you've all been waiting for, here we go, top, middle and bottom gang. <laughs> footballers you cannot explain why it just happens chasing a ball around a park wanting one team to win against the other El Mahani right through it oh jeezy peeps man Welcome along, everyone. It's uh, it's top middle of our Jeezy peeps still gets me. Uh, all right, before this week's selections, uh, over to Ben for some news. Uh, well, last week, um, just the one winner from each of us. Uh, so both minus four points. Overall totals, minus 13 for myself. Tony, plus 15.93. Now, this week, so my top middle and bottom, I was very tempted to go for Inverness Cali to beat Arbroath in the championship now that big Duncan Ferguson has been appointed the Cali manager. Oh. What an appointment. It's 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 going to be carnage, Tony. Cannot <laughs> wait to see what big Dunk does. Before I put all my selections this week, though, I actually got a message from big Dunk yesterday. Um, I'll play it for you. This is it. You better get your finger out, all right, and make sure that you get the fucking results. And if you get the results right and you stick in, I'll come and see you. All right? 
I'll take you for a bit of lunch or I'll come to your house or something, eh? We'll sit down and have a wee chat. Is that alright, mate? Better get your finger... Big dunk, big dunk, what about that? Big, I mean, I don't know if that's a threat or he's trying to encourage me. <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, um, as he says, I better get my finger out, get some results in this top, middle and bottom. Um... I know Big Dunk swore there, but, you know, I'm not going to tell him not to swear on the pod. If MDS wants to do that, please take your life in your own hands because it's not a very wise move. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, some encouragement, a threat from Big Dunk there this week. My top middle and bottom, Scottish Championship. I am going for Patrick Thistle and Dunfermline to draw at 23-10. to 10. Now, I think these two will be pretty closely matched throughout the season. Dunfermline have been tight at the back so far, like they were last season. Partick are still a little in and out right now, so I'll take the two of them to fight out a draw in the top. In the middle, Cove Rangers to beat Sterling Albion at 17-10, to 10, and I'm sticking with Cove again this week. They should have beaten Edinburgh last weekend. They had the most shots, they had best of possession, somehow had to scramble around for a 90th minute equaliser. Um, but they should be able to dominate possession against Sterling most teams have this season um, I think Sterling are maybe starting to level out after a, a decent start so Cove Rangers for me in the middle and bottom Spartans and Bonnie Rig Rose to draw at 23-10 to 10. both these teams have seen their early matches be relatively tight affairs Spartans first seven games either a draw or a winner or a loss by a single goal. Five of Bonnie Riggs' seven matches have been draws or a winner or loss by a single goal. So I suspect this will be a tight match between the two of them, and I am playing the draw for my bottom selection. So top, Park and Dunfermline to draw. Middle, Cove to beat Sterling. And bottom, Spartans and Bonnie Rigg to draw. Tony, what have you got? You better get your finger out. Uh, we've got Wraith uh, Rovers away at air. Uh, Air have lost their last two games to nil. Uh, six to four, Wraith Rovers away at Air. Sterling at home to Cove. That's going against you, uh, Ben. Uh, yeah. Sterling unbeaten at home. Eleven to eight. Sterling at home to Cove, and uh, eleven to eight. And Stranra away at uh, Bum Darton. Uh, Sixteen to five. Both have lost the last two games to nil. So Stranra against Dumbarton. Sixteen to five. Sterling at home to Cove. Wraith Rovers away at air. Okay, that's it. Many thanks for listening to the latest edition of the Racing Pop Blast. Very best of luck with your betting this weekend, uh, wherever you're playing it at. And remember, if you're an early riser, uh, you can catch me on Epic Radio with plenty of racing news for the day ahead, weekdays between 7 and uh, 5 and 7, and then Shadow Radio, 7 till 9. And you can catch Ben over on narrowingthefield.co.uk. We'll be back next week with the next episode of the Racing Pop Blast. A big thanks for listening this week. Thanks for all your kind words over the last couple of weeks as emails and and uh, what have you uh, and texts uh, to Ben have a great weekend everybody cheers Ben cheers to see you everybody have a great weekend thank you